Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. So I'm really thrilled to welcome Sandra Tanner. Uh, you went you went to high school then in California as yes, well? Yes, uh-huh. Congratulated there. Uh, went to high school at San Fernando High. Okay. Any and, jobs that you held as a oh, yeah. youth person? Uh, yeah, when I was 16, I got a job at uh, Grant's department store. It was like I remember Woolworths. Or, well, people don't know Woolworths, Woolworths anymore. <laughs> Five and dime, like the dollar store. Yeah. <laughs> Old Grant's. Cresses and stuff Yeah, like right. Yeah. So I worked at Grant's, and then I got a job at Sears, and I worked there for several years. Uh, I was working at Sears when I met Gerald, so oh, okay. yeah, part-time. All right, and did you do date, much dating as a, when you turned 16, family let you go date? Did you uh, yeah, I was dating before 16. My folks were a little more liberal than some of the other Mormon families. Yeah. In fact, in my ward, uh, they would have considered, yes, I was allowed to go to things that my other friends weren't allowed to. Mm-hmm. And um, Of course, we didn't have ratings on movies. No, like no, then, no, but, but not like that. Well, I had these, this was funny, they had these sex education movies that came to the local theaters because they couldn't teach anything in the school class oh. about this stuff. So they had had these movies, and they would have it for just the girls for one session. The next for the show would be for the boys, and they would be these sex education movies uh, and and drugs these. and stuff like that, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, so anyways, I got to go, and my girlfriend's parents were just horrified that my parents would let me go to these. Go to something like <laughs> <laughs> they were just education And now movies. they're doing it in... Now they do it in the schools. Sixth, seventh grades and stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the best vacation you ever had with your parents? Do you remember a particular oh. vacation you took? We, every summer, we would come up to Utah to see the two sets of grandparents, mm. and we would go to one of the national parks. And so my vacation memories are either at Zion's or Yellowstone or... Grand Canyon, Zion's, uh, yeah. uh, what's the other one that's out by Zion's? Bryce? Bryce's Bryce, Canyon. Yeah. yeah, so all our vacations were going oh, camping and fishing, <laughs> which was not my delight. You didn't like I don't, the I don't mind sitting by the river holding a pole, but I don't want to put that worm on the hook. <laughs> I always had to fix the worm for Carla, too. Yeah. So she didn't like that, but didn't mind holding the pole. And, yeah. and then if the when the fish finally got close to the... Sure, I had to deal yeah. with that too. So um, now later on, so you were in California all this time. Then mm-hmm. after high school, did you stay in California for a while? Yes, uh-huh. um, but you're getting a little ahead of the story if oh, you're jumping okay. that far ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, in high school, I was going to seminary, and, and which is the Mormon release time right. education program, and... Uh, in fact, that's what got me a car. 
because my dad had to get up to take me to six er, o'clock seminary. seminary yeah. uh, he hated that, you know, and we, he had to get up at five to have time to get dressed and that and to drive me across town. Uh, because in so, California, the wards weren't closed. Right. And, and so it was a, you know, I don't know, 20 minute drive to get me over to seminary. And so, man, I turned 16. I got a car. You got a car. Good yes. for you. <laughs> Smart thinking. Uh, yeah. So, but while I'm going to seminary, my mother and my aunt and my grandma had got deeply into studying Mormon history. Oh, the Von, von Brody mm, book. Yeah, yeah, that had led them to start going to the uh, book sales, antique dealers and stuff, looking for old Mormon books. Mm. My grandma had some old Mormon books already, wow. but um, from the young family and stuff. Mm -hmm. But they started buying more, and back then you could find them more easily than now because there weren't so many collectors and interest right. in Mormon stuff. Yeah. So they start buying up different things. In uh, 1955, the polygamists uh, reproduced the 26-volume Journal of Discourses. The RL. No, the polygamous. One of the did. polygamous groups did that oh reprint. Wow. Now, years later, they sold the plates for that printing to Bookcraft, that was a Mormon publisher, but not owned by the Mormon Church. Okay. Bookcraft published the Journal of Discourses for a while. Then the Mormon Church bought out Bookcraft, uh, Bookcraft, Bookcraft. and then they went out of print. <laughs> oh dear! So you but can't. You them? can get them you now. Get they're them they're now. back in print now. Hmm. Uh, but they they're like. $350, $400 for the 26-volume yeah. set. Anyway, so Journal of Discourses came out in 1955, I believe it was, <clears throat> and my mom got a set. And so her and my aunt are pouring through all these old sermons, all the books critical on Mormonism, finding all the references and looking them up. And it's all Mormon authorities it's, and leaders. It's Mormon books, Mormon, yeah. Mormon she's, quotes. Yeah, I mean... Uh, they started with Brody, but at this point, they're looking at Mormon books. Yeah. This is all Mormon stuff they're buying. But they're seeing that the old history of Mormonism isn't like today's history of Mormonism. Yeah. And um, so my mom starts bringing up different things that she was finding in her research to me. Well, when you go to seminary tomorrow, ask your teacher <laughs> so about this or that, you know. And, and so I'd go and I'd say, well, I have a question here. And I'd raise up something my mom had brought up, and uh, my teacher would was very nice, but she would say, well, when you're old, older, you'll understand, or when you go through the temple, you'll understand that, or some things are the mysteries, and it's not meant for us to know that now. And, you know, it was just all this uh, vagueness yeah. and not dealing with the issues. So that did not make me question Mormonism. I thought it was just a matter of finding the right person to answer the questions. Figured the truth was there, really. Yeah, just, the church uh, was true. Yeah. She just, uh, just doesn't know how to answer the problems my mom's having. Right. So then um, I had different Christian friends in high school uh, that invited me to the different Christian functions. I went to some different things. I went to a summer to a um, Christian uh, youth group. Oh. And, but no one ever addressed Mormonism. No one ever said anything to me about, uh, you know, do you have any questions? Because we realize Mormonism is different than, than what we usually are talking about. So you know, really no one ever talk, broached it with me. theology or anything. Well, about they it. talked about it. They had prayer time for needs and had a little Bible study and all of that. But no one ever 
directly yeah. talk to me about that there was a difference yeah between the two religions. between the yeah. two or to see if i had any questions about what was different between the two so i didn't know what the differences were i just you know okay these are nice people they like praying and that's good they do bible study wow you know they're almost as good as the mormons uh <laughs> they even believe in prayer you know yeah <laughs> Well, so that did kind of broaden your uh, it broadened my horizons, horizons and uh, and I I remember as a teenager uh, coming home from uh, after school I'd go to work at uh, Sears when I yeah. got my job there and I'd be coming home and there was a, this big billboard I remember in the summer I would see up about vacation Bible school at some church yeah and I think wow what a neat idea. Summer camp idea where they go and learn about the Bible. the Bible. That's a really neat idea. Um, but, of course, I was too old for that, and I didn't know anyone that was going. But uh, it, these things had value in that they broadened my perspective that other churches do good things. Other churches talk about God. Yeah. Other churches pray. And they're good people. Uh, and they're good people, and yeah, yeah, because you're, you kind of get this idea growing. I did growing up Mormonism. Uh, we have the corner on righteousness and all good things and prayer. And oh, I had this yeah. view that other people went to church just for show. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't see them as really dedicated Christian people. Yeah, because they aren't in the true church. Right? Yeah, they aren't in the true yeah. church. Well, and then a couple of my girlfriends that weren't Mormon, their families uh, had no problem with wine or at a meal or drinking or something, you know. Wow. And so. Uh, I'd go to my little friend's house and we'd get out some orange juice or something out of the fridge and I'd see, oh my goodness, they got beer in here. They even got a bottle of wine, you know. And so in my mind, how could these people possibly be dedicated to, to God. God if they got liquor in their cabinet? Yeah. But, uh, well, then <laughs> the odd thing about that is that my folks had it at that time in the uh, fridge too. <laughs> when I was in junior high, they started uh, having a beer once in a while. But when the grandparents came, everything disappeared. Yeah, uh, and did not show. Uh, yeah, show the other side. I yeah, guess. we yeah. never had a coffee pot in the house, but we had instant coffee. <laughs> so you can, because if you're a Mormon and you're going to cheat, instant coffee doesn't smell up the house like brewed coffee. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and so my folks figured out, okay, we can have instant coffee in the house, and then if a Mormon relative so stop by, they won't know. Okay. And you, you hid that at the back of the cupboard. So when our grandparents would come, uh, the coffee would disappear, the tea would disappear, and the beer would be gone out of the fridge. And you become a righteous family all <laughs> yes. of a sudden. Huh? Well, this experience in the seminary, that must have been interesting, though, to, to the, the, the teacher ever say, you know, Sandra, could you? No, she never censored me on it. It's just that she just would always have, well, you know, you'll understand later yeah. on. Did your mom follow up with you? And so oh, yes, she would ask me. One one Sunday, we were studying in seminary um, the Old Testament, and we were studying about Moses talked to the Lord face to face. Mm -hmm. Okay, in Mormonism, they divide Elohim and Jehovah into two different gods. Right. And so Elohim is the Father, Jehovah is Jesus in the Old Testament. So who showed up to talk to Moses? Was it Elohim or Jehovah? Because in my seminary class, they were using this to prove that God had a physical body. God the Father. God the Father. Okay. God the Father talked to Moses, and he saw his hands and back parts or whatever and all this stuff. See, yeah, so face that face. proves God the Father's physical. 
And so my mom, and I'm talking to my mom, and she says, well, how do you know it was God the Father? If, if Jehovah is Jesus, isn't Jehovah the one talking to Moses? My mom's like, ah, I don't know. She says, why don't you ask in seminary how they know it's Elohim and not Jehovah? If all the rest of the time it's Jehovah, yeah. how do you know when Elohim shows up just once in a while? So I'm off to seminary, raise my hand, I have a question. Uh, how do we know that was Elohim and not Jehovah? And my teacher says, well, because that's what the prophets have said. <laughs> well, then, quit thinking. Oh, so quit that asking. one. Okay, yeah, okay. And it's interesting that uh, Isaiah and others just talk about one God and, and yeah. that there is only one Lord. And but I see, I didn't know any of those no, of course not. verses. And well, like with this girl in the eighth grade that was offended by the Mormon view of God, it would have helped if she would have said, "Sandra, go home and read Isaiah 43 and chapter 44. That can't be true. You know, it would have helped if she had given me a clue. You know." <laughs> But I didn't she have any just clue left why she was offended. Speechless at yes. blasphemy, huh? So in, in talking to your Mormon friends, I always advocate people at least give them some direction, some clue of why you think they're wrong, you know. Oh, good point. And with my seminary teacher, it was just a, a statement. The brethren said this was Elohim. The rest of the time it's Jehovah, this time it's Elohim. That that was that. And so when I got home later, then my mom asked me, Well, did you ask him? class about Elohim and Jehovah. No, mom, um, it just didn't come up. And so, oh, were... so I, I didn't want to tell her yeah, what were... happened yeah. because I knew she wouldn't be satisfied with that answer. She was, she was at the point she now, yeah. you had to tell her what page it was on. If oh, you're going to give an answer to something, you don't just tell me you got a testimony or the prophet said. I want to know where it says that. Were you, know? you impressed with this now, now that you look back and think oh, about it? Oh, well, yeah. Mind? I mean, yeah. this is this is courageous, isn't it? Oh yeah, really courageous. Especially as my a, dad did not think this was a sweet idea. <laughs> yeah. Now, your dad's name? Um, Ivan. Yeah. And, and your McGee. last name? McGee. M C G E E. E. Uh huh. And uh, was he aware of any of this? And yes, was but this bothering him? <laughs> I'm sure it did. But my mom was a very strong woman, and I'm sure he felt there was no way to stop her. Yeah. Uh, she, and besides, she's just studying. She's reading Journal of Discourses and the yeah. Bible, and well, he knew it was things. undermining faith, but yeah, um, he just chose to look the other way. I didn't realize how strongly he believed Mormonism until I left, and then I found out. Well, he really did believe it. He just wasn't active. Yeah, there are a lot of people like that, aren't yeah. there? They don't, really don't practice or there's something, but they, yeah. if, if you ask them, they'll defend the church That's quite right. strongly. That's right. That was my father. He yeah. was a defender of the church. He just didn't go regularly. He just knew it was true and probably, probably figured he'd jump on the bandwagon in the yeah. millennium or something. Yeah, I have plenty of time to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well then, at the risk of jumping too far ahead, uh, well, let me ask you this. What was your testimony of Joseph Smith and Book of Mormon and so on? Okay. Uh, when you're in high when, school and seminary. When I'm going through these things with my mom, they did plant thoughts of things that I needed to think about, but not in the sense that I was worried the church wasn't true. Right. But I hadn't found a person that, that could explain to me uh, how it all fit together. Now, in, of course, in seminary and institute, everyone's always having something where they want people to bear their testimony. Yeah. And so I would, I would just say, well, I believe it's true. 
And in fact, an interesting point on that, my mom told me years later, she said when she was a child that my grandma, that's Grandma Young, okay. used to tell the kids, don't stand up in testimony meeting and say you know it. You say you believe it to be true. You aren't old enough to say you know it. Hmm. Now that tells me my grandma had to have problems yeah. way back when. No, yeah. no God-fearing Mormon is telling their kids, don't say I know. That's right. So, uh, and I guess I picked that up from my mother. And so I was saying I believed it, but I couldn't say I knew. Uh, however, I came to the point uh, of that just before I met Gerald. But uh, when I got out of high school, well, I should say when I was in the 11th grade, I graduated from seminary. And so I started an institute of religion when I was in 12th grade. Mm. And... The first At year, the local college there? Or yeah, it was it? across town. Oh. I had to drive over there uh, to go to the meetings. Um, and it was interesting. I don't remember what all we were even studying that year, but I know we went through the eternal progression chart. I don't remember what else we were going through. Yeah. But uh, uh, I didn't have a problem. I don't remember at that, that year running into any questions about the church. Things were coming along pretty good for me at that yeah. point. And Jesus was... Uh, well, he was just part of the whole package, package yeah. not not singled out for any special attention. He was in the whole panorama of Mormon doctrine and all. He was in there. Yeah. Uh, and we throw him in every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, then the second year of Institute, which would have been my first year at college, uh the and I, again i don't remember what course i was taking but different things the teacher would say uh would bring up things my mom had mentioned through the years and and then bring it back to my mind so you oh yeah well that's interesting because i've always wondered about this point and i raised my hand and I asked, and they had to be innocuous because i didn't know enough to be dangerous <laughs> okay. at that point you know and i just raised some question that my mom had raised uh, you know, like, why do we have Moroni on the new temple they built in L.A.? You know, what, 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 yeah. why does it have to be facing that way? Uh, why do we do the Hosanna shout, you know, at the temple dedication, all, you know, that kind of stuff. And so finally, the teacher asked me to stay after class one day, and he said, Sandra, you've got to quit asking questions. You're disturbing a girl that's thinking of joining the church. Oh, my goodness. Well, I knew her. I drove over to the, after school, I drove her home. So, I mean, it's not like I wasn't aware of this girl. <laughs> well, she, you weren't aware she was trying to I, investigating the church. Well, I knew she was investigating oh. the church. I didn't know that my questions were bothering her. Oh, and she hadn't said anything. She hadn't probably said anything. bothering him more than... Yeah, probably so. Than, the teacher was probably more concerned that it would bother her. But, I mean, oh, I was reduced to page numbers, you know. What page are we on? <laughs> and, uh, but in God's providence, that's when I met Gerald because uh, my grandma had been visiting in California for the winter and it's spring. The same grandma. Yeah, Grandma uh, Young. Yeah. And uh, well, she had in the meantime married and the next husband had died. So she now was twice widowed. Yeah. But she was single and uh, she was uh, spent the winter in Southern California. So she's going to go back home to Salt Lake and asked me if I wanted to go back on the bus with her. Oh. Back then, only rich people flew on the airplanes, you know. <laughs> so a bus back yeah, then. Everyone went on Greyhound. And so I rode back with her on the bus. When we got home, my mom and my grandma had been gone from several months from home. 
and she's going through her mail. And as she goes through the mail, she finds this postcard announcing a meeting, and she wanted to know if I'd take her to it. Well, I said, well, what kind of a meeting is it, Grandma? And uh, she says, well, it's sort of like a Mormon fireside. Well, my ma grandma was always cagey, and so you pick up immediately on the word sorta. Sorta, yeah. <laughs> it's sorta like a Mormon fireside. Okay, it isn't a Mormon fireside, but what is it? And I'm trying to figure out, and I, I couldn't get her to commit. Well, you know, it says that we're going to be talking about church and all this stuff, and she wouldn't give me a direct answer. So I just assumed it was going to be a bunch of old people, like I am now, and uh, <laughs> talking about the Mormon uh, church. Yeah, I guess, so something. you know, I thought, oh, brother, uh, not exactly what I had envisioned for the evening. Anyways, I drove her over, and we walk up to the house, and I knock on the door, and here's this nice young man named Gerald Tanner wow. that opens the door. And I thought, well, it's not going to be so bad after all. <laughs> not, not bad looking? and uh... yeah, No, he's a good looking guy, and uh, talking about Mormon stuff and all. Well, of course, then I realized that he really was advocating that there are problems in Mormonism, and, and we needed to... Uh, scuttled part of the program here oh. that some of it didn't check out. Well, let's uh, let's back up just a little okay. bit and talk about Gerald. Uh, he was actually born uh, back in 1938. Yeah, in Provo. Uh -huh. In Provo. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. And were his parents active? Uh, no, but he comes from an old line, prominent Tanner family, mm -hmm. and the he pioneer, pioneer Tanners too, right? that joined the church in. Kirtland period of Ohio, wow. and his great-great-grandpa gave a lot of money to Joseph Smith and helped save the church from Back bankruptcy in Kirtland. And, and, and uh, so the Tanners were always prominent, and there were Tanners uh, prominent at BYU teaching through the years. Of course, mm. <laughs> they were polygamous, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, the Tanners were prominent down in Provo. Uh, Gerald's father had gone to BYU and graduated from there, went to MIT, trained to be a meteorologist. Wow. But in the process of his education, he became an atheist. Mm. And so when Gerald's a teenager, he has an atheist father oh boy. who drank too much <laughs> and a mother who was desperately trying to keep her kids within the faith but with a husband who ridiculed wow. religion in the home. Probably in, in a powerful, uh, smart person. Yeah, would, you know. right. And so he made fun of Helen's simple faith in Mormonism. Mm. So Gerald, as a teenager, I mean, he went to his fair share of Mormon meetings and all of that, but... <coughs> hmm. As a teenager, uh, he became inactive and was hanging around with all the other Mormon boys that didn't want to go to priesthood meeting. Oh, boy. <laughs> and so they'd so go, uh, they, they were drinking on the weekends and oh going behind the ward house and smoking. And oh, dear. <laughs> so they were carousing around uh, during his teen years. But when he gets to the ripe old age of 18, the bishop starts making little hints to him. About going on a mission. About time huh? for that mission, Gerald. Yeah. Okay. And Gerald's like, you know, deer in the headlight. What? Mission? <laughs> wow, do I believe this enough to go on a mission? Because he knew he'd have to quit dr drinking and smoking if he yeah. was going on a mission. Well, of course, he probably back believed in, the church was true. Oh, yeah, the church sure. was true. Yeah. Sure. He just had a lifestyle that didn't fit. <laughs> but back in those days, it was 
common to have someone sent on a mission to reform them. Yeah, kind of like the they get better or yeah, do so better like, on their mission. Yeah. yeah, sort of like, you know, put them in, if the kid's failing at school, put them in the service, that'll shape them up, you know. So it was sort of the same idea with the mission. Yeah. Uh, send the kid on the mission, they'll straighten them out. And quit, uh, quit his bad habits. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, get a testimony and be a good leader down the road. Right. You know? yeah. So Gerald's thinking, wow, mission. So he read the Book of Mormon. He felt that was one of the first obligations. You're going to think about this. Okay. You're going to have to read the Book of Mormon and get serious here. And he decides, well, okay, I can believe the Book of Mormon. Uh, and then he, um, there were different things that came together to bother him. At that point, the church was helping the University of Utah build the Pioneer Memorial Theater up oh, at the right. university. Yeah. And the Mormons kicked in some money to that. I don't remember what the amount was. But that troubled Gerald that the that church would, would use. be using God's money to build a secular theater at oh. the campus. Uh, probably not the biggest issue in Mormonism, but it, it, it bothered him. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.